This is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. Well, folks, it is April, and we are starting, and I'll just say this, just starting to leave our pandemic winter behind us. And with April comes the long-awaited Focus on French Cinema, an event that is celebrated in Greenwich and in New York, dedicated to the cutting-edge films from France and the French-speaking world. Well, the festival is in its 16th year, I believe, and today I have with me as my guest, head of programming and film and literary critic, Joe Myers. Now, Joe has been no stranger to my show, and I'm thrilled to welcome him back for another one of our scintillating conversations on the movies. Or should I just say, Joe Myers, let's get the popcorn out and prepare ourselves for the intensity of the work of the French. Joe, welcome back to Center Stage. Oh, thank you, Pamela. I really appreciate you inviting me back. It's great to talk to you. It is always a thrill to have you. I love your take on film. You know, we kind of see eye to eye. We do. We do. (laughs) Well, the the (laughs) pandemic is going to have to finally step aside for this. The focus on French cinema. You guys have been delayed, but you're finally going ahead. Yes. Last year, we actually had to cancel the April festival totally because, you know, the pandemic really hit in March and we didn't have time to put together a virtual festival. You know, that that took us quite a while. So, you know, at first we thought that maybe by the by this April, the theaters would be reopened again. But around November, December, we realized that wasn't going to happen. So we started working feverishly to make this an at-home virtual experience for everybody. And, you know, we were we were looking at tons and tons and tons of films already at that point. So we have boiled it down to what we're calling 10 films in 10 days starting mm. April 21st. And I... I believe this is one of the strongest lineups we've ever had. There, there, you know, there were there were great difficulties booking films because some of the French film companies, you know, were thinking, well, we're going to wait till the theaters reopen. We, you know, we're not sure if we want these to be shown virtually, and we went kind of back and forth. But finally, they realized, you know, that it's still going to be several months before the art houses in the United States start reopening. So mm-hmm. we were able to really book almost all of our first choice films. It was really exciting. That is incredible because I know all of you at Focus on French Cinema spend a lot of time traveling the world, actually, collating the films uh, for this festival. Abs- absolutely. You know, Renee Ketchum, who is the co-founder you know, and head of the Alliance Francaise and between you and me does so much of the actual grunt work of of assembling this booking the movies you know the really hard work she's fantastic but anyhow she traditionally does the whole film festival circuit of berlin Cannes, angoulême which is a major french film festival and of course new york and rendezvous with french cinema 
This year, all of that became virtual, too. And, oh, I have to mention Cinemania, which is really kind of our partner. That's a big festival in Montreal Mm -hmm. that we've always had guests from. And and we've always tried to show at least a couple of French-Canadian films. So all of that festival activity was more or less shut down this year. So it's been a really interesting adventure, you know. Mm -hmm. And normally, one of the highlights of our festival is having French actors and directors come over, you know, people like Claude Lelouch. Obviously, this year that was impossible. But what we've been able to do with Zoom is do interviews for virtually every film in the festival. I, I've been I've been doing those for the past couple of weeks. And, you know, it's a great way to bring those people to our festival, you know, without them having to travel. And we've already had some wonderful interviews on Zoom that will be included on the platform for the festival. So you can watch those before you watch the movie or after you watch the movie. So it's been a real challenge, but... I think, you know, we've come up with a really good formula for a virtual film festival. I think that sounds thrilling. You know, I have to admit, as the, you know, cinephile that I am, I enjoy the interviews almost more than I do the film. So what you guys offer is so extraordinary. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago rubbing elbows with Natalie Bai and and feeling, you know, beholden to all of you at Focus on French Cinema for bringing this to us. And I've got to say... She was great. Oh, she's... Yeah, she was great. And I've also got to admit, you know, I have been watching a lot of, um, I've been doing a lot of binging on series. (laughs) Yes, we all have. I mean, it seems like a million years since COVID first hit, doesn't it? In in a funny kind of way. But you know what I've become obsessed with, Joe? The French series called Call My Agent. Now... I know oh, I'm a little late to the a, game here, but no, that they I think they launched the 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 most recent season like four or five months ago. But no, that's a fantastic series, and actually, I I want to say four or five years ago, the festival showed two of the early episodes and had a, a program on it. You know, oh. because I mean, it's a show that is really all about. French cinema and French performers, you know, it's about this agency where they represent all these people and the actors play variations of themselves. And like Natalie Bai and her daughter were in an episode. It, it's just a wonderful show. And what we love about it is it has introduced a lot of people to French filmmaking. Yes. You know, a lot of people have gotten into it who aren't necessarily fans of foreign language films, but They've, they've also been introduced to all of these great actors like Juliette Binoche and Isabelle Huppert, you know, so it's been like a a bonus for us to have that out there sort of educating people. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Wow. I love it. So what do we have to look forward to this year, Joe Myers, at the Focus on French well, Cinema? you know... I don't, I don't kind of know where to begin, but one of the things we're doing this year is we're we're paying a special attention to the filmmaking of Belgium. You know, every year we try to focus on a different country's output because one of the things we're very serious about is making it clear that French language filmmaking is not just something that happens in France. It happens mm. in, in uh, Quebec. It happens in Belgium. It ha- happens in Africa. So this year, Belgium is our focus for a special attention 
And we have two films. The opening night film on April 21st is a wonderful film called Madly in Life, which, believe it or not, takes a life-affirming, lighter approach to the idea of a parent coming down with dementia. I mean, that sounds a little crazy, Mm. but it's done in such a buoyant style and the actors are so wonderful. It, it doesn't, it doesn't overlook the seriousness of this condition and what it does to people, but it focuses on the adult son of the woman who's going through this and how he tries to maintain a semblance of his own life while taking care of his mother. And he has this girlfriend who, who wants to have a child with him. So it's all about when, when somebody one, one of our parents is ailing, you know, and we have to really step in. How do we juggle that as well as continuing our work, continuing our romantic life, you know, all of that? And it's done with such flair and such style mm. with an emphasis on introducing humor in this journey. So as soon as we saw that film last year, we said this has to be on the slate because it is such a, a distinctive approach to a very serious issue. Wow. Wow. You know, this journey into dementia and Alzheimer's is being chronicled through film is quite extraordinary right now. I, filmmakers are not backing away from it. It haven't been for no. some time. Yeah, and, there was a wonderful Canadian English language film called Away From Her. I want to say it was seven or eight years ago that starred Julie Christie. Correct. And it was about her and her husband's experiences mm-hmm. going through this, you know. And there, uh, um, Julianne Moore finally won her Oscar a few years ago for a movie called Still Alice, in which her character Correct. was going through dementia. So you're right. I, I think because... You know, the baby boomers especially, their parents are aging into this, and, and you know, you have to figure out a way to cope with it. That's right. And, of course, The Father, which was recently released with Anthony Hopkins. Yes. So I'm, I'm glad no one is backing away from this. The, the, we are dealing with this now. This is real for all of us. You're absolutely right. Um, I think it's a major issue. And like I said, this, this film is unlike any other film about that condition that I've ever seen. So mm-hmm. I recommend it highly. So you talk about, you know, all the French making filmmakers, artists, auteurs. Is there yes. a difference in the style between that that comes out of Montreal and that that comes out of Belgium as compared to that that comes out of France? You know, it's interesting you should say that. Another uh, film, that the other film we have from uh, Belgium is a film called Space Boy, which is set in the 80s, and it's about a kid who's obsessed with the space program, you know, and he's getting involved in his school science fair and all of that. And it's really done in the style of a mid-80s film. But anyhow, I talked to the director last week, and I said to him, you know, we can see a difference between the films of your country and the films of France, but how would you describe it? And what this young man said was because they're sort of in the shadow of France and they don't have the financing of France, he feels that they have to be much more creative in terms of using a little bit of money to go a very long way. And the other thing that we have noticed is that the Belgian filmmakers also seem to have a very distinctive approach to comedy set in reality. And this this Mm. film, Madly in Life, really illustrates that. That they find ways of injecting humor 
into almost all of their films, you know, which I think is actually a more realistic approach to life. You know, I don't think life is a tragedy or a comedy. I think it's a mixture of the two. Interesting. And they really do this to a T, you know, and they've been doing it for many years. And we were actually, we were able to pick from, I want to say, a half a dozen really fine Belgian films that explored this sort of comic view of life and and we all agreed that the two we chose were the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So th- there are these definite cultural kind of languages going on behind the scenes here. Yes. I find this very interesting. I also found it very interesting when you allowed me to watch the film Osnavour by Charles, this fascinating yes. trip through the life of the singer-songwriter Charles Osnavour. And... I learned so many things from watching this film, Joe. Me too. Um, Me you know, too. this this is a singer that I've always watched, you know, from childhood. Mm-hmm. And as a singer myself, I always thought, well, I want to work on his technique just a little bit. You know, that he he had the Edith Piaf kind of sound going, and indeed he did yes. work for Miss Piaf for yes. 8 years. Yes. As Yes. Of writing songs and as a lighting guy, which blows my mind. I actually did not know that he was Armenian. Yes, the film really explores that heritage and how much it meant to him. You know, that his parents were immigrants, and there are a couple of scenes in the film where he goes back to his homeland, you know, and it touches on that whole Armenian genocide and, and just sort of the place of Armenia in world politics, you know, and I didn't really know that either. So that I found that fascinating. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that that he was involved in so many things, you know, I was introduced to him really as an actor. When I was very young, I saw the Truffaut film, Shoot the Piano Player, that he played the starring role in, and I was just totally captivated by him. And clearly he was a musician, but it was after that film that I started seeing him on American variety shows. I started to learn that, like, for instance, Liza Minnelli was mentored by him and she adapted many of his songs mm-hmm. for, his, for her concerts. So Frank Sinatra was a big fan. So, I mean, his influence is so broad in terms of film, music, nightclubs, you know, concertizing. I, I really amazing. And this film really takes you inside his life because. It is largely made up of a cache of movies he shot himself over de- many decades as he traveled the world that were more or less stored away for no one to see for many years. And they, they, they were dug out. I actually interviewed his son, Misha, for a Zoom uh, about that process of them getting these films out, figuring out which ones they wanted to use. And combined with his journals, which I read by an actor, it's almost like you're seeing a personal documentary approach to a man's life. Yes, First exactly. person. You know, exactly. it, 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 I can't think of any other film I've seen that's quite like that. And, you know, I was intrigued that it was Edith Piaf herself who gave Osnavour this camera 
and said, yeah. here you go. And so he felt he had really found his focus. That, And he said, with the camera, he is a man of the streets, and he can't sit still. Those were his words. Now, here, yeah. he, he, was, he was the filmmaker himself. But it was, he was such... A, he, he was a talented filmmaker himself. And when you watch this footage of him in, all over the world, the care he puts into what he chooses to photograph and, and his feeling for the lives of ordinary people he sees in the streets yeah, yeah. you kind of see the basis of his art his his humanism and why he was such a powerful stage performer yeah, because he, exactly. he, he kind of took in the life of every place he ever lived and in that way that Henri Cartier-Bresson, let's say, could could photograph the most simple thing and make it extraordinary, we see totally. this in the work of Charles Osnavour behind the camera. Yes. It's really a revelation. I think it'll be a revelation for fans of his. And, uh, you know, his son, Misha, said he believed it was a very accurate representation of who his dad was. And the amazing mm. thing from my point of view, because I'm always aware of many filmmakers taking too much time to tell their story. Mm -hmm. This is done in a very tight, very engaging 90 minutes, you know, so mm -hmm. it's really a remarkable, remarkable condensation of one artist's life. But so this this director Mark Di Domenico who must have gone through reams of film and oh. and found the 75 minutes that were really crucial to this story. Yes, and and his son Misha implied, you know, that that there may very well be, you know, like on a DVD more footage or whatever. But yeah, they very carefully culled through hours and hours and hours of footage to to pick footage that both showed you sort of the progression of his life and also represented what he was interested in when he was in New York City or in the Orient Asia. You know, it, it really. Uh, it's a travel log as well as mm -hmm. as a as an autobiographical film. I mean, it works on so many different layers. I would I would think that even if you didn't know who Charles Aznavour was or weren't a particular fan, I think the content of the film would draw you in. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I know I found it fascinating at the beginning because the the poetry, the words that are done by the actor, of course, is his yes. voice. This is. His poetry, this is what he would put into his songs. Now, and he stated at the very beginning that as a child, I mean, coming out of the genocide of Armenia, of course, settling in France, yes. they wanted to go to America. France took them in. And he yes. started singing, you know, when he was six years old. And he had developed that, that Edith Piaf kind of art, you know, the Spechstimme. Yes. But he stated as a child that he wanted to be a big star. He didn't say he wanted to be yes. an artist. He just wanted to be a big star. <laughs> yes. How unabashed. Yeah, he was very ambitious. He was very ambitious. And I think that's something he shares with people like Sinatra, you yeah. know, and Barbara Streisand and Liza Benelli. Yeah. That yeah. they weren't just artists, they were stars. Yeah, big difference. <laughs> big difference. Well, let's. And the other thing, Pamela, that yeah. I, I really love about the film is he's very honest about his various marriages. You know, you see the different women he came into contact with, and he doesn't let himself off the hook about where he was in his life with these various women. I thought that was remarkably honest. It's it's almost painful at times, I thought, Joe. 
Yes. When he yes. when he would talk about falling passionately in love with someone and then leaving her and suddenly it does become like this typical French film of of the pain yeah. almost being celebrated, you know? I mean Absolutely. the arduousness. And then of course finding his his supreme love, Ula, and I, I recognize that he was Married three times, but perhaps more that we just don't know about. Um, yes, it's and always had a exciting. Lot of liaisons as well, you know, as as probably any performing artist traveling. I mean, I think he was with a lot of different women. But Ooh, in the yeah. film, you do see you do see how Ula really was the, maybe the first woman who became his equal, and it's significant, mm-hmm. I think, in the film that you see her pick up the camera and start mm-hmm. shooting stuff. I, I felt exactly the same, Joe. I I loved yeah. that. Loved that. Yes. Well, let's listen a little bit to this big star, because we have to hear the music of Charles Aznavour as it is choreographed within the film itself. And this is one of his biggest hits, La Bohème. Great. Je vous parle d'un temps que les moins de 20 ans ne peuvent pas connaître. Montmartre en ce temps-là. Accrocher des lilas jusque sous nos fenêtres Et si l'humble garni qui nous servait de nid Ne payait pas de mine C'est là qu'on s'est connu Moi qui criais famine Et toi qui posais nu La bohème La bohème Ça voulait dire On est heureux La bohème La bohème, nous ne mangeons qu'un jour sur deux. Dans les cafés voisins, nous étions quelques-uns qui attendions la gloire. Et bien que miséreux, avec le ventre creux, nous ne cessions d'y croire. Et quand quelques bistrots, contre un mort au pas chaud, nous prenaient une toile, on récitait. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the, is the voice of Charles Osnivore. It's such a distinctive sound, Joe Myers, isn't it? I mean, you... you... It, it really is. And, you know, the thing about Osnivore, like Edith Piaf, was he sold records in this country, you know, singing in French, where I would say 98% of the listeners did mm-hmm. not speak French. And yet... He was such an eloquent interpreter of his songs that people just got it. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. transcended the language barrier. I mean, Edith Piaf was the same way. I remember my parents, neither of whom spoke French, loved Edith Piaf. So I kind of grew up with her always around the house. You know, it was remarkable that these these foreign language performers back in the day were able to jump over the language barrier. Well, and they left their mark here being as popular here and as selling as many recordings yes. in America as is in other countries. Now, I yes. and I didn't realize that Charles Osnivore had written over a thousand songs. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it is. And he was in over 60 <clears throat> films. And you, you spoke yes. about um, Shoot the Piano Player, which Truffaut actually wrote expressly with Osnivore in mind. So yes. it's, I think um, he had to wait to make it until Asnavor was available. But yeah, that was a vehicle for Asnavor. 
It's so it's so fascinating. I tell you, so everyone, if they come to the focus on French cinema, and we have to give some information here, folks. Um, this is focusonfrenchcinema.com. It starts on April 21st, runs through the 30th. You know, Joe Myers, um, really, Charles Osnover was the voice of France, even though he was Armenian. He was five foot three. Yep. He actually yep. took the mickey out of himself for being so short, but yet he was known yeah. to be a little brash, you know, itinerant, prone to his yep. love affairs that ended poorly. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would have gone near that. But um, I, I love the film. Sometimes I started to cringe a little with lines like uh, when he says, I film, therefore I am. Um, there was yeah. also a, an element of self-obsession, but maybe we yeah. don't mind with this man who became actually a diplomat in the end for his beloved country, um, Armenia. You know, and I think that ego is maybe a factor in what causes some people to survive as stars, you know, and Mm -hmm. others not to. You know, we have the tragic tales of Judy Garland and Janis Joplin and so many, and yet you have the Streisands and the Midlers who are often caused, you know, called sort of controlling and egomaniacal. But I think... Mm. That's probably why they were able to survive. And I think Asnavor had that same drive, you know, that incredible need to go out there and perform. Yeah, he said he would never retire. He did die at 94 and and named Entertainer of the Year by CNN in 1998. It's it's interesting in the film, he actually speaks of his voice as a handicap. And I, I, I loved that. It just to yes. have that humility, knowing that he was not perfect in that way. And yes. I also love the fact I was doing some research and found that Edith Piaf's great friend Jean Cocteau said, before Osnivore, despair was unpopular. Now that <laughs> that kind of sums up the songs, doesn't it? Well, yeah, they are kind of those songs you listen to when you're, you know, looking for a little bit of, you know, fellow feeling by somebody who knows what it's like to, you know, be in hard times. You know, it's like Sinatra. One of my favorite records by Frank Sinatra is Only the Lonely, which he did in the 50s. You know, he always jokingly referred to that as his suicide album because it's all sort of downbeat ballads. Yeah. But sometimes there's a, a little upbeat in in the sting in the tail, you know, or there's some sort Absolutely. of beautiful resolution, Absolutely. which, um, you know, the, actually the filmmaker pointed out. And I, I think that's a tremendous thing. But he was a chanson realist. That is for yes. sure. <laughs> now, yeah, I mean, he was an actor who sang. You know, he really was an actor who sang. Yeah, he was. I was. I loved it. I loved the film. Very interesting. So, Joe, walk us through tickets and, and the how-tos okay. and... Um, what we should partake yeah, you of. Mentioned, you mentioned the site, you know, which is focusonfrenchcinema.com. It will be up and running in terms of purchases on April 9th. And what we've done, too, that I, I would like to mention is I was a little frustrated with some of the film festival's pricing. Many of them were charging $20 per film, which I, I think is exorbitant. So we built in lower prices individual films are only ten dollars and if you buy a pass for the whole festival it's only 75 dollars which you know is like 750 per film which i think is a bargain you know by any measure i'd say so that was that was crucial and the way we're going to run it we wanted to keep the festival format so we're not 
going to just dump all the films on opening day and let you, you know, poke around and watch whatever you want. We're introducing a film each day of the festival, which will be on the site for 24 hours so that, you know, we want people to really feel like they're involved in a festival, not just streaming content. Oh, that's fantastic. And with each of the films, we're going to have these interviews or other forms of extras. So so I think we're got, we've gotten about as close as you can get to a festival feeling on the Internet. That's wonderful, Joe Myers. And listen, I, I want to thank you again for being on my show. And everyone, that's Focus on French Cinema. It's the go-to place for the best of the French. Joe Myers, I hope you'll join me again. And have oh, a great you, time. I'll see you there. And yep. uh, everyone, stay safe out there. This is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is now down on Center Stage.